Esteemed colleague, co-host, Michigan alumnus, JP. JP, how you doing on this uh, this fine hump day? I'm doing well, Jack. It's good to be back. Apologies to the listeners that we had to take a uh, a one day delay, uh, similar to last week. But this week I was yesterday was a travel day for me, day, yeah. so uh, so it was travel day. Uh, did get to watch a little of the World Series in the Atlanta airport, so. That was a, uh, I guess, a nice turn of events. Um, got to watch it with, with some people who actually had some skin in the game, because um, otherwise the World Series is, uh, I'm not gonna say boring, but just like kind of, it's just not doesn't have the appeal, the same appeal. There's definitely a if lack. Nobody, of, there's definitely a lack of storylines for. There's a major lack of, and especially just like this series. Yeah, it's like the Braves are a nice story. And they're like no one really expected them because they had a pretty rough start to the year. I mean, the Astros, everyone knew was going to be good, and there nobody really likes the Astros just because the whole scandal. But I really, I kind of wanted the Dodgers just so we could have yeah, that, that rivalry Dodgers, aspect. Yeah. I wanted Astros Dodgers or like Rays versus somebody random. I, I kind of like the Rays for I don't know why. I just kind of like the Rays. I would have liked to see the Brewers make it. Rays Brewers would have been cool just because I like. They both have have pretty talented teams, and also they both. Well, the Brewers definitely has a fan base that is actually pretty good, and and has probably been been disappointed with their team's performance in the last decade. They've had some really good teams that have been able to capitalize. And I was like, the, I root for the Rays because they don't really have any fans of their own, yeah. and they just are consistently very good. They're consistently yeah. very good, and it's just like it's kind of depressing almost because. You know, the Tigers have a great fan base, and they're just a hot pile of garbage. So, it's, uh maybe we should just all root for the Rays. <laughs> but, I don't know. But, uh, no, maybe not the Tigers. The Tigers, you know, they, they, I guess they did well in the early 2010s, but I'm trying to think of a team that is just consistently awful in baseball, but always has a Mets. I guess the Mets. <laughs> the Mets. <laughs> the Mets, I did go to a World Series, you know, like five years ago. So, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? But baseball's baseball. Uh, not much of a not much of a game yesterday. Braves kind of took control early. So, uh, but yeah, other than that, I'm uh, doing well back in New York. Everything is going uh, about as well as expected. Jack, how are things with you? Well, I'll tell you what, man. They're not too good. Oh, not too good. Why is this not good at all? So, Why? I had a plan for Saturday. Uh, big game, obviously. 
Had a plan. Are you going to were you going to go to the game? So, no, I wasn't going to go to the game. I was going to go going to East Lansing, seeing a bunch of friends that like I know. Just go to a bar, watch the game or something. So, let me tell the story. Okay, all right. So, sorry. I figured what we do was we're all getting there Saturday morning. So, what I figured was everybody will get there Saturday morning at like 9 or 10. Start drinking, watch the game at the girls' place that we're all staying at, and then uh, go out to the bar after the game. Turns out they want to get there like really early morning, drink like the whole morning, and then, or no, get there really early, go to the bar early in the morning, and then stay at the bar for the whole game. And um, that's not what I had built up in my mind. I was actually very flabbergasted to find out that that's what people wanted to do. Um, so I was very disappointed. I really don't enjoy watching games at bars. Like I could watch, I could watch Michigan State, Indiana at a bar, but like this is a huge game. Like I want to watch this game. Yeah, it is kind of tough. To, it is kind of tough to watch games at bars. Um, you can't really, you know. I mean, they'll they blast the, vo- the volume, obviously, but still, a lot of people talking, a lot of people walking, a lot of movement, a lot of distractions. Um, I, I guess I agree with you. I mean. I don't know. It's. I, I know you're not an early riser, so I'm sure that's. Uh, no, I don't mind. You. I don't mind like getting up early for stuff I want to do. Like I get up. I get up during the summer. I get up consistently at like six a.m. to play golf. I, I yeah. enjoy getting up early to play golf. I'm like I enjoy getting up to drink, but like I don't want to go to the bar. Like I don't want to spend. Like I don't want to spend eight hours at a bar. You know what I mean? That's a lot of time to be at a bar too. Yeah, I don't particularly love watching games at bars. Um. I I guess the only games that I really watched at bars were were Skeeps for uh, um, when Michigan played in the NCAA tournament. Um, that, those were those were cool experiences just because it, it and it wasn't it's not like a sit down bar either. I mean everybody's standing, they got tons of screens, everybody's watching the game. Um, it's kind of like being in the student section almost. Yeah. Uh, but with drinks, I mean, I didn't love it. I, I guess I pr- would prefer to say I, pr- I would watch it on my couch just so I can, um, not even my couch, but in a, uh, in, in a controlled environment. environment. Yeah. 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 Controlled environment with, with friends and people. And it's just, it's very, I just get very annoyed when things are going poorly right. and I'm, right. when I'm around and I'm around people who like don't understand or don't really care what's going on yes. and are like, Having their having like a grand old time anyway, yeah, and they're just like, like, and that, that was so. It's just really annoying, and right. it's just like, like you obviously don't care, and we all do care, and you're just laughing and having a good time. So why don't you just shut up and leave? Oh, like if you don't oh, care, oh, oh, get out of here. Oh, but like the annoying thing too is like there's gonna be a ton of Michigan fans there, and like anytime they do something good, like they're all gonna cheer and like scream in my ear and like. And and oh, I mean, like state your, fans like are going to do it too. So like, like your I'm, friends or your no no no. But like, like you, at the bar, I'm sure there will be Michigan people at the bar. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it, that's how it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and when, I'm not, Michigan, I, and I don't mean this like I'm not blaming Michigan fans because like any any fans of any school would do the same thing. Like state fans would yeah. do the same thing. Anybody else would do the same thing. But like I just don't want to hear it. Like if things aren't yeah. going well for state, I don't want to hear Michi- a bunch of Michigan fans like cheering in my face. Yeah, I mean that's. That, that's that's fair. That's fair, and I guess that's to, to that point. That's that's what's what's tough about uh, when you're like a pretty dedicated fan. That's that's kind of what's tough about going to away games, especially in hostile environments. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's tough when you're 
when you're gr- greatly outnumbered and your team is doing poorly. I mean, it's a, it's a really great feeling when your team pulls off the win and there's just a few of you and everyone is all sad leaving and your team just won. And it's like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Like, we just won the big game and they're not talking anything anymore and you, you're feeling like on top of the world. But when you're on the other side of the coin and your team is doing very poorly and, you know, 75 to 80% of the fans are rooting for the other team, it's not a great feeling because everyone singles Everyone knows that you're, you know, I mean, you have your gear on. So they know who you're rooting for. Right. Got to be geared up. Got to be geared up. And then a lot of them are drunk anyway. And there's nothing worse than like a drunk fan of the other team like yelling in your face. Like right. when you're just quietly trying to leave. Well, and the thing um, is too, it's like if you if you want to go to the bar during the game, like to me that says you really don't care that much about the game. In my opinion. Yeah, it's just... And it like, if like, like, I'll be very sad if State loses. Like, I'll I'll be sad the rest of the night and the rest of the day. But like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to be with yeah. a bunch of people who don't care. Yeah, and that's the thing about, um, yeah, that's that's the tough thing about that. I know, uh, um, I know that feeling. Like when you're, I'm trying to think of a time where it's, but I, I know there was at least once where I I had gone to a game and I and it's just like you know, team loses in, in heartbreaking fashion, or it's just. It's a, it's a game that you get really up for, and it's really important, and you just, your team doesn't perform how you would like, and you're just surrounded, and you have to, like, you still have some travel, you're going to be around people who don't care as much as you, and it's just going to ruin the rest of, your, rest of your day. Right. I guess I, guess I, I guess I wasn't at the game, but I would equate it to when I went to Chicago last year to visit some friends um, at Michigan, it was Halloween, so Michigan played Michigan State, and obviously it was a game where she was heavily favored. But little did everyone know that Michigan was also very bad. And, you know, it was just two bad teams duking it out in a bad football game that Michigan State won. Um, and But I, at that point, people had high hopes for Michigan, not realizing that they were a bad football team. And uh, it was a bunch of, you know, it was a bunch of friends from college and some other people, too, who I didn't really know. They were just guys, people who were invited, neighbors, I don't know. But anyway, they lose. I'm obviously very upset. That's a devastating loss to a team that were heavily favored. A rival, of course. And they're just and then immediately after the game, I'm just kinda laying on the couch all upset. And they all just go upstairs and start playing like cup pong, blasting music and playing like slap cup and pup pong and beer games and having a grand old time and dancing. I was like, We just lost to our, you know, one of our arch rivals in a horribly embarrassing upset. And you're just upstairs having a grand old time blasting music yeah. and I'm just sitting there depressed. It's, yeah. It's a tough, it's a tough yeah, feeling. So feel like you feel like sad urban mellow. Like you just feel, you feel, yeah. you feel sad. But on the, on the flip side, when it goes well and you're in that situation, you don't really care. And then you're happy urban Meyer and you're dancing with random girls at the bar. Right. So it's, 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 it's a risk reward type of, uh, type of deal. But I know, uh, us to, you know, uh, come our family, we're, we're generally more pessimistic than most, yeah. so uh, we, we we tend to play we tend to play it safe in those types of situations because we just naturally assume our team is probably going to lose. Right, and I, what um. I'm <laughs> afraid of is that I ha- I could get hostile because I I'm I'm an, I'm a wear your emotions on your sleeve kind of guy. I, 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 I'm not. I wear my emotions, and if someone gets in my face, and I've had a couple drinks, and you know my emotions are out, you know I I'm not saying I'd get violent, but. I could probably say some things I shouldn't say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that 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 that's true. That's that's definitely true. That's definitely true. It's 
I'm I'm not that way. I even if people are getting in my face, I mean if yeah, I just people when uh, if they're getting in my face and my team won, then I might say something back. Um, but usually that's not the case. People will really only get in your face when their team won and your team lost. So I just tend to keep to myself and just stay quiet. That actually happened in um, uh, an interesting. It was after the Michigan Michigan State game, uh, the, the the monsoon game back in the big house. Mm. I was walking on, I was on the long, cold walk back to uh, the fraternity house, which was about 25 minutes away from the stadium. I was walking with a couple friends, and there were two very intoxicated Michigan State. Uh, they probably would, they probably were in Michigan State, and they just were in front of us and yelling at us the whole time, talking about how they got into Michigan but chose to go to Michigan State, and were like trying to show us pictures of their acceptance letters on their phones. And I was like, I could not, I seriously could not care less. Huh. And then and I was like, can you please just shut up? And then my one friend who for some reason, oh, just, he just like loves cargo shorts and I don't know why, but he's the only person who can wear cargo shorts and not look like an idiot. Um, they started yelling about us. They started yelling about, yeah, I mean, he was the king of storage, but they started yelling about his cargo shorts and he did not take too kindly to that. <laughs> and, um, he said some choice words to these females, and let's just say after he uh, he got in their face, he's a big guy too, played on the Michigan club basketball team, really good basketball player. Let's just say they, they weren't talking so much anymore. Um, mm. But for that, yeah, like you, I mean. Some colorful language it, was used. Yeah, very, very colorful language. But like you said, that's just like really annoying. And it's also like if my team won, like I wouldn't, like maybe I would like cheer with my, but I would never like yell at somebody whose team just lost because I've been there before. And it's just like, first of all, it's just like, it's a sports game. So who, right. it doesn't really matter that much. And second of all, it's just really rude and kind of just like messed up. The most I would do is give it to somebody a little bit that I knew. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, if it's a friend. Yeah, but I friend, wouldn't like then... people like there's people who will just give it to anybody. They'll just talk that talk to anybody or strangers or whatever. Like I, I'm not that kind of guy. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, that's, and that was the thing. They were like, you know, they're getting our face for the entire walk. I don't know where they were going, but they must have been staying with someone. We, we lived by a couple other fraternity houses, so I'm assuming it was someone from their high school or or whatever that they, they knew at a Michigan fraternity that they, these two girls were staying with. But, yeah, that was just like – that's just like a really tough – that's just like it's – it's a tough moment when you're the losing fan in that, in that case. And obviously – and they kept yelling about just like the most random stuff. And then they just kept like chanting Miles Bridges for some reason. And it just like, it just didn't stop. It didn't stop. But as a Michigan fan, when Michigan played Michigan, that was the year that Michigan beat Michigan State both times with basketball. And I really wish I had those girls' numbers because mm. they annoyed me so much that I, that was, I was willing to break my own rule and text them. But obviously I didn't. And they got the last laugh. So, yeah. oh well. But I guess that kind of wraps up our, our joint, our joint <clears throat> rant about. Watching games with opposing fans who are annoying and getting your face. Yeah. Hopefully, um, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I might have to make new plans. I don't know. It's up in the air. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's but, true. That's the uh, that's that's just the risk you play when right. you're uh, when you're when you're going to go to the the actual location of the game, right? Um, especially in a you know rivalry game between two schools that aren't very far apart. Right. You're gonna you're gonna mix and match with the. The opposition, and if you lose, it's going, especially at home, it's going to be a, uh, 
It's good. It's going to be a tough night. Yeah. It's, I mean, let's just say it's going to be a tough night. It's going to be a madhouse. I mean, there's there's going to be so many more people there than normal. It's just going to be. Yeah, that's. Be, yeah, that's. A uh, yeah, that's the. Oh, it's always a cluster. It's especially that. Are you going to leave after the game? No, we're going to stay Saturday night. All right, then there you go. Because you have to leave after that would suck. Yeah. The traffic would be horrid. I remember leaving after the Michigan State game. Um, Michigan at Michigan State, and I think I was in traffic for like three hours before I oh. even got close to getting out. It was just, I was obviously happy that they won, but then the happiness just totally drained for me, and I was like, please, I just want to go home. Like, I'm exhausted. Like, I need to get out of here. That's um, <laughs> just <laughs> terrible, but I guess yeah. with that, we'll go into our recap. Uh, Michigan State, obviously, on a bye this week, presumably prepping for a very, very big game. Coming up this Saturday that we will preview in a couple days. But Michigan was in action going up against Northwestern. And what can only be described as a tune-up game. Michigan was favored by 23 and a half. And we both were on Northwestern, who did not cover, unfortunately. Yeah, um, but it wasn't a lock for me. It wasn't a lock for me. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It was. How did uh, how did your before we get it? How did your MAC team do? They you lost by Akron or what was the, what was the spread? Five. Oh, that's brutal. I know. Oh, that is brutal. They were down like seventeen to nothing too. They were getting like blown oh. out early and made it a game. That was uh, Shoot, that was man. a bummer. Shoot, our we'll pat ourselves on the back later, but our picks, especially in the NFL, were very were were dynamite this week. Yep. Um, but uh, Michigan handled Northwestern fairly easily, especially in the second half, winning thirty-three to seven. Um, Jack, I don't know if you're able to watch the full game. Wouldn't blame me if you didn't. Can't say myself. I watched most of the fourth quarter. I was mostly watching that twenty overtime game. Um, but from from what you did watch, what what were your thoughts on it? What were your takeaways? And um, yeah. yeah, just your, just your general overall reaction. Um, it kind of just seemed like Michigan was in neutral that whole game. I don't think they really wanted to show anything or do any do anything really that w- was gonna be something that Michigan State could learn from. Uh, you know, obviously inferior competition, and uh, it just didn't really seem like Northwestern really belonged on the field. Didn't really have any answers for Haskins um, and Corum. Uh, just kind of uh, like you said, a bit of a tune-up game. Um, yeah, I not I didn't really I didn't really see anything one way or the other that made me more or less confident um, about the game in any way. I kind of feel like we didn't learn anything about Michigan um, from either direction, really. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a pretty fair analysis. I mean, it was exactly kind of what we expected. Cade did throw a little bit more than I was. I was expecting him to. He didn't look very good in the first half. He missed a couple deep throws. I mean, a couple of them, they were covered anyway, so it wouldn't have really mattered. But a couple of his deep throws were a little concerning, to say the least. Uh, But for the most part, they stuck to the ground game. They're bread and butter. They're able to do it. They leaned on their defense, or lent on their defense, or leaned, however you say it, (laughs) on their defense for, uh, for a majority of the game. Um, and they really shut, and not to say Northwestern has some high-powered offense, they obviously don't, uh, but they were able to pretty much shut them down the entire game. 
not including the 75-yard touchdown run towards the end of the first half by Evan Hull, which was created because I believe I saw, I think it was, a, I saw on a tweet, I don't remember by who, but Michigan's, one of Michigan's safeties, I think they said like he, like they, he like heard the wrong play or something. I don't know, because he was like in the completely wrong spot and it probably would have gone for like 10, 12 yards anyway, but wouldn't have been 75 yards. So it was just a pretty big miscue that hopefully they, and they address and make sure it doesn't happen next week, but, or this weekend, but it's, uh, yeah, it was not a game where Michigan really ever felt challenged, pretty much dominated the entire time. One of my concerns I would say would be the red zone offense. Uh, again, in the first half, was a struggle. Had to settle for a field goal one time, and then the other time, Mike Sandristol fumbled on a wide receiver uh, bubble screen right before the end of the half, which was not good. So getting in the end zone is going to be very important in the the upcoming game. But overall, I guess I don't have too much to complain about. Like you said, Jack, they kept it pretty vanilla didn't do anything too crazy, mostly stuck stuck to the run game, weren't uh, showing any crazy looks, probably trying to keep everything close to the chest before they play Michigan State, knowing they were playing a far inferior opponent and someone that just they could beat solely off of talent and not really off of scheme. So, I mean, it's like you said, nothing Michigan did in, in, impress me. There were some things I was a little concerned about. But also, Michigan loves to look ahead to big games, which is I know what they were doing in the first half, even though they dominated and probably should have been up 17 to 20 points, but were only up three. However, first drive of the second half, went down, immediately scored a touchdown, and then you pretty much felt like the game was over after that because they, they weren't going to let Northwestern get a 75-yard touchdown run again. Um, Northwestern was, was completely unable to do anything on offense other than throw screens against Michigan, which once Michigan realized that the only way they could actually move the ball is with screens, they just started to go to play more zone and kind of have their linebackers shadowing the uh, the running backs. So they pretty much shut it down on his tracks. And, yeah, overall, nothing too crazy. Pretty much what both of us expected. And it's, uh, it's on to Michigan State for the Wolverines. Kind of put this one in the rearview mirror and – and start prep, but it's going to be a heck of a showdown this week. I don't know if you've been uh, following some of the, the the Detroit radio pundits and what they've been saying and their reactions, but kind of uh, kind of a scattered scattered range of opinions on what people think is going to happen. Well, nationally, I mean, I mean nationally, it's annual disrespect Michigan State week. All right, well. It's just, I mean, the pe- the things people are saying about Michigan State nationally, it's unbelievable. I mean, like, they're talking like Michigan is on par with, like, Ohio State. and I mean, they're not. People know they're, they're not, not. But I, I, I don't get, I mean, you, you, it just shows that, like, these people don't watch games. Like, Kirk Herbstreet's not watching games. Like, the, the, these people, they just, they're just the talking heads. And it's just, it really just does. It just shows how like un kind of uneducated like these these pun these national pundits are like these guys pretend to be educated on every single team and they really just have no idea what they're talking about. I mean, 
they were talk, talking about on game day how Michigan State's like the most fraudulent team. <clears throat> and that was I'm pretty sure that was just the bear who said that. Well, he's an idiot, and I don't know. Just oh, the bear. Like, the bear's a good guy. Michigan being like Michigan being four and a half point favorites to me is crazy. Like they could they could easily win by more than four and a half points, but to be for that to be the expectation to me is kind of crazy. That's not. It's but I I heard a great take. I don't remember by who. Um, someone on tw- Twitter maybe or I don't know maybe someone on the radio, but. It's the four and a half points is not necessarily what they expect them to win by. It's it's the line that they set to get the most people to bet on it. Right. No. I um, and it's, I mean, it has to be realistic. And I, I like you said, Michigan can easily win the game by more than four and a half points. Michigan State can easily win the game by more than four and a half points. Obviously, seven points is a one score game. But you know, it's over the course of the game that usually people in a tight knit game will finish closer than that. But still, it's. The four and a half points, there's definitely a logic to it. And Michigan has a fairly substantial fan base nationwide who enjoys betting on them uh, pretty wildly and blindly, no matter what the line is. They like to throw a lot of money on them just because they went to the school and not because they have any sort of football knowledge or know if they're actually going to cover. They just like to throw money on their Wolverines. So I think that four and a half, I started at three and a half or it started at two and a half, actually. Yeah. And then I think it shifted up. Yeah. But that's just that's just big money Michigan betters like inflating the line. No, I, I understand Which, that, but like it, it just there's no logic to it because like in college they generally say that home field advantage is worth three points. So if you're saying Michigan is a four and a half point favorite on the road, you're saying that's they'd they'd be a seven and a half point favorite on a neutral field. And they'd be a ten and a half point favorite at home, like when yeah, but they're not. Terms, but just, they're not. But they didn't. They didn't even say that the line moved two points. And the line, but the line, they don't move. Most of the time, the line no, really they move doesn't based move. On money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, mean, I moved, understand that. And that, that line, I think, is going to move back down because the national, too, the Michigan but... State, Michigan State betters are going to get in on the action. National, and they love when that happens. They're they're going to love when they moves up like that because nationwide casual college football fans will say. Hey, they're home. They're ranked eighth. They're obviously a good team. So why are they why are they such big underdogs? They're going to throw a bunch of money on Michigan plus Michigan State plus four and a half plus five if it gets there, and it's going to even out all the money. And then the line's going to move back down. So Vegas is just going to be in a great position for either way. You know, either way, who covers, who doesn't? Vegas is going to be in a great position to just cash in because. It's just, you know, it's how they make their money. They're not idiots. Um, but like you said, like if, I, if you were making an objective line on how you think the game is going to finish, then without money affecting it, without how people are betting, then I, I, I wouldn't, you know, not a pick them, but, I you know, I would say. Michigan oh. State minus one and a half. I would say I would accept anything from Michigan minus one and a half to Michigan State minus one and a half. Yeah, four. And I would half accept any. Seems big. It does seem big, and it's going to get a whole lot of people to bet on Michigan State plus four and a half, right. and then and if Michigan wins it, then plus one seventy. Like that seems like great value to me. That is a good value. I do like that. I do like that. I mean, it's. I mean, you're right when you say that the national pundits and probably Vegas. I guess when they created their line, think that Michigan is a little bit better than Michigan State. But 
money plays probably a little bit bigger in the factor in what they're going to do. So I'm not going to put too much stock into what the line is. Um, not as much as I usually would just because it's a game of this magnitude. And as we always say, it's a rivalry game. So you got to throw the records, uh, throw them out the window. Got to throw all that junk out the window. Yeah. Anything can happen. Got to just so. keep chopping. Just got to keep chopping. <laughs> God, the woodshed. <laughs> got to keep chopping that wood, man. But woodshed, I mean, yes. So we'll see. Mel Tucker was we'll finally asked about, uh, and I thought it was kind of a, a low-key funny move that he changed his press conference to the same time as Jim Harbaugh's. I thought that was a little funny. Um, but he got asked about... He got asked about LSU, um, I think it was on Monday, and, you know, he didn't really, he didn't really shoot it down as much as I would have liked him to, um, but he definitely, he definitely shot it down. Like he said, I believe he said like, um, you know, my focus is all... Yes, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're focused on right now, we're focused on building something here, but... You know, he like like Mike Tomlin when he got asked about USC he said, "Never say never, but never." Like that's the kind of answer I would have liked to hear. Um, yeah, I I think I think he just said we're just focusing on this this week in the game against Michigan. I don't even know if he said he said build something here. It was kind of a a non-answer almost. It was kind of a deflection answer. But I I mean, if I was a Michigan State fan, I would have also preferred if he was a little more direct. In, yeah. uh, de- in declining those rumors and saying that they're, that's not what they're doing. And that's, I think Juwan Howard was in a similar situation where he kind of gave a non-answer. Um, he did it about NBA rumors, but he, he eventually shot him down in a pretty clear and concise. And he also has two of his sons going there. So that pretty much shot it down. But yeah, I, that, when he when that came out, especially after he got him rolling last year, sure, I was a little bit wet. I saw like reports that he might consider I was worried. It's not what I wanted to hear. And just like Mel Tucker, for I was a Michigan State fan. That's not the answer I wanted to hear or would have liked to hear. However, if I was an MSU fan, I still wouldn't put – I still wouldn't be that worked up about it just because I I just don't really see him going to LSU. Not because I don't think he's qualified or that they're willing to offer him. I just don't think that's a career, smart career move, career move for him currently. I don't think Mel Tucker's an idiot. So – Unless they're gonna like, we already you know we talked about this at length. But unless they offer him some crazy dollar amount, it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for him to go there right now. And I mean, like Mike Tomlin said, never say never. But I don't know. I just I can't I can't bring myself to say that I I'm considering or that I believe he is considering so, that is an actual career move right now. So the reason I think it is is because the guy who broke the news that like LSU was interested in him um, was I think his name is Glenn Greenwald. Um, he is the same reporter who broke the news that Mel Tucker was leaving Colorado, Colorado. to Michigan State. And I think he has a good rapport with Mel Tucker and also his agent. So yeah, I, think, I mean I mean I I think that I think that that guy being the guy to break the news, um, I think that gives a little more merit to it, and the fact that, and then the fact that he didn't really shoot it down. Um, you know, I, I'm starting to think that it's kind of a real possibility. I still would say he's less likely to leave than more likely to leave, but I'd say it's about 
70 30 right now maybe 75 25 you know that's not uh that's not uh, i'm not i wouldn't go that high i don't think it's nothing i just don't i don't think he's gonna do it um if i was a michigan state fan and he michigan state fan and he did leave i wouldn't i wouldn't you know cry that the sky is falling and no, I wouldn't either. Uh, but I, I would. But like, if he leaves, they're probably give him, giving him $9 million a year. He makes $5.5 million at state. Like, I can't be mad at a guy for leaving somewhere to make $3.5 million more a year. Like, yeah, that, I mean, that's I very fair. How, you, however, I think if he did leave, I wish you could say it would bounce back eventually. However, I think it would be a pretty big, it would be a pretty tough pill to swallow for him. Not, not that Michigan State can't get a good coach, but having. Two coaches leave in the span of three years is not. Eh, I wouldn't say really much Antonio left. I think he was shown the door. Well, yeah, shown. I mean, shown the door, fired. However, you want to say it. You had. You're gonna. You would have had. You're gonna have three coaches in four years. Basically, yeah. is what I'm saying. Which is not a great. Unless you're pretty, unless you're winning championship, boom, they leave. New guy, championship, boom, they leave. Unless that is the some crazy case. It's that's kind of a, that's not really ideally what you want. You want a little bit more stability. However, I will say again that I don't think he's going to leave for LSU. If he does leave, I don't think he would go for L. I think he would probably go somewhere else. But I don't think he's going to leave. Period. After this year, so I don't know. That's just kind of where I'm at on it. But it's it's all speculation at this point. There's yeah. bigger well, matters at hand coming up this weekend. And well, he was recruiting this week. This week. So it's interesting. I'd be interested to know what he told, what he was telling recruits and and stuff like that. And also, Xavier Henderson was asked if Mel had spoke to the team about it, and he said that Mel had not, which I think is worth. Yeah. Which I think is. Uh, Wait, he had not. He's, he had not. He hasn't told. No, he hasn't talk, spoken to the team about it yet. As of Monday, well, I'm sure he has by now, but as of Monday, he had not. Yeah, but the rumors have been out for like a week and a half. Or more. Yeah, I think. I don't, okay, I don't. I don't like that. I don't like that. Not, I still don't think he's going to leave. But my percentage of him, the chance of him leaving, probably just went up another five or ten percent. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the fact he that he had was, not like addressed said, it. He was out recruiting too, so he was traveling. Um, yeah, but that, that's. I mean, that, so that means it, it, I mean, we we're not in the know enough to know the the complete. Schedule that's true. Of when everything. Yeah, I mean, that's I think true. It broke last week around Sunday. I think Sunday was when it it broke. And I'm sure he had been around the team, you know. I mean, he'd been around for a full week. Right. You would, yeah. You would think he. I know he was doing recruiting on the weekend, so you would think at least Monday through Thursday he would he had an opportunity to speak with the team if he uh, if he had seen seen fit to do so. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not going to say like put too much stock into him going on recruiting because he hasn't been offered the guy. He hasn't been offered. Yeah, and he hasn't been offered that job, I, I you know, either. So no, but anyway, no, I, I, I think I think uh, uh, even yeah. if he even if he was for sure leaving, I still think he would have gone out on recruiting. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of you, you gotta you gotta, you gotta do, do what you're getting paid to do. You gotta do your job. But um, right now, I I don't really believe that he's going to leave, um, and I, I I don't I don't I don't think that it would necessarily be a smart career move for him either um but i, I think he i i don't i, I think he's 100 percent focused on this game he i you know he kind of has to be this is well both, it's both interesting for like where are the players at because if he hasn't spoken with the team yet like 
if he doesn't address it with the team, like their their mind is going to be on it. Yeah. There's no way your yeah. mind wouldn't be on it, especially like if you're a guy who's just transferred here and you're going to be here, like if you're not Kenneth Walker, Jalen Naylor, or Jaden Reed, and you're not going to the to the NFL next year, you know, those guys are probably wondering like, hey, coach, like, you know, what's what's the deal? Are you going to be here next year? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I feel like it also depends on how the rest of the year goes. You know, I mean, Purdue is not that great, obviously. They just lost to Wisconsin by a sizable amount. But if, if Michigan State loses three or four more games and kind of collapses, then I, I don't, you know, I think that'll, I, I think that would, if he, if, they, if he somehow gets them in the Big Ten championship game, then I think he could very well leave for LSU. Yeah, I disagree. He, I think I think he's the more they win, the less likely he is to leave. I disagree. I disagree. LSU is not patient. They are not patient. They no, I understand with that, Coach but I think And if, if this guy, if he's not, if he's not performing at an incredibly high level, then they're just you know they they're going to look for any red flag. But I think if can. you think like if you think about the kind of guy we think Mel Tucker is like, if the guy goes eleven and one. And either makes it to the Big Ten or wins the Big Ten. Like, I I don't see him di- like being a top. Like, if they do that, they're going to be a top five team. Like, I don't see him leaving a top five team. You know, going to LA. I don't know. I, I, but like we said, but I like think we said, the more they lose, the more he's like, you know what? Maybe we're just not really getting anywhere here. And LSU's offering me nine mil a year. Uh, I might as well just get out of here. Yeah, but does the LSU offer him nine mil a year if they go? They you lose three games in the year and right, play in the right. Citrus Bowl. Well, that's true too. That's true too. That's that. So it's, it's, it's a double sided coin. It's a double sided coin. It's a really confusing situation that we're probably not going to get a lot of clarity until after the season. Because um, I'll be you know people in the Big Ten, especially Michigan State, Mel Tucker, and the rest of the team are focused on a daunting end of this end of the season with a lot of massive games right. so and you know they put themselves in a position to be <laughs> a top 10 team they are a top 10 team put in a position to be you know in one of those nearest near six bowls you know fight for a playoff spot even though i don't think michigan michigan state or anybody else in the big 10 has much of a chance of winning the big 10 championship i i think ohio state is a well-oiled machine at this point and it's going to steamroll pretty much everybody, just like they did to Indiana, well, who they beat by, I think they beat by 150 points. Yeah, really. Um, yeah, I think they were up like 50, they were up like 50 to 7 at halftime. Yeah. Um, did you see, did you see who, uh, according to ESPN's FPI, is the seventh most likely team to make the college football playoff? No, who? Pitt. Really? The Pitt Panthers. H2P, baby. H2P. Hit minus three against Clemson. Lock of the century. Lock, lock. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pop Pop was loving it. And you also was loving it. You know, so you know what a great day on Saturday? You. No. Well, yes. I did have a good day on Saturday. But you know who had a better day? Who? And Marianne. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Not man. only did Pitt win, Penn State lost. Yeah, those Pitt fans uh, did have a good day. And I saw, I saw that Kenny Pickett... Is currently the number one college QB according to Pro Football Focus. Like his, uh, he's good. He's very rated. good. Yeah, I he... mean, I, I I feel like we should put the asterisk that the ACC is not only bad this year; they are horrendous. Yeah, it's really They're easily the worst. Pa- easily the worst pack or Power Five conference. Um, I think the ACC is, which was pretty much owned by Clemson, 
And now it's at the point where if Clemson isn't a top five team, they have pretty much nobody. Well, they got Wake Forest um, and Pitt right now. Wake Forest is a good team. They they move the ball like yeah, crazy. They do, and that's uh, it. Could be setting up for a, a die. And Virginia's kind of coming on strong too, so it could be setting up for a Pitt Wake Forest ACC championship game, which would be interesting. But that'd be a shootout, I think. I would I would love if Pitt made the playoff. I don't think they will because I don't think no, anyone I really. Don't think- but I think, and also, I think it's Pitt lost to, how did Pitt lose to Western Michigan? I don't know. But I think it's an interesting <laughs> angle, too, because like if, uh, if, if Mel does leave, what are the chances Pat Narduzzi comes back? You know, I think I'd say high. Be, I think, I'd say high. I think that's got to be one of your top targets if you're, if you're Michigan I think State. That would, I think that should be the top target. Yeah, I think it would if be. You're Michigan State. I think your top targets would probably be Luke Fickle and then. I don't think Luke Fickle's not coming. I mean, maybe not. It seemed like they kind of burned the bridge. Um, I mean, yeah, because I mean, they, he was their top target prior to Mel Tucker, and yeah. he pretty much shot him down immediately. Yeah, um, and they they had some. Yeah, they they got. I remember they, they had some choice words for each other. Yeah, they had. Um, some, he, they, they, they did not speak too kindly about him. So. Yeah, because they they I believe they felt disrespected. He wouldn't even consider. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, Luke Fickle was not happy with, I guess, how they responded or reacted to his declining yeah, of the interviewing. And it just turned into a bad situation. No, I mean, Michigan State, but you I, you got to put that on. That's on D'Antonio because he left at a point where they were pretty much scrambling for a coach. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, they were so lucky and they were in full scramble. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they got lucky to get Mel. And, um, I mean, Mel I hear people of, talking Mel about kind of screwed over. Mel kind of, Mel kind of screwed over poor Colorado. Not to say like Colorado's some dynamite program. No, but he, I heard like like names like Brett Bielema being thrown around once. Uh, once Luke Fickle turned it down, and that is then like you're just like, oh my god, what is what is Michigan State football going to be? And yeah, then, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's I mean, yeah, that would have been a disaster situation, but. Yeah. Lucky for Michigan State, they got they got a good coach in Mel Tucker who's got them on the right path. And I mean, it's obviously this is you know, like I said, all speculation. But if that were the case, I think Pat Narduzzi should be your your top target. I think he should be the top top coaching candidate, especially because of how he's gotten Pitt to play right. this year. Right, and I think I think he'd be in play too because I think Pitt's got a lot of guys leaving after this year. I think they're 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 a pretty old team. So, Michigan, yeah, Michigan State's a better job than Pitt. Right, and and Pitt's, uh, a, and Pitt's, you know, you just don't have the resources at Pitt that you have at a place like Michigan State. But uh, no, no, you don't. I mean, the Big Ten is obviously a <clears throat> a more prestigious football conference than the ACC. The ACC is more of a basketball conference yeah. in nature. So um, even though Pitt is, you know, ungodly awful at uh, at basketball yeah. recently. But uh, um, so, who would you say? Anyway. Who would you say has more pressure on them for this game? What do you mean by like which team? Yeah, which team or which coach? I, think, I mean, it's pretty clearly Jim Harbaugh. I would say. Oh, However, yeah. I, I would not. I would not go around saying like some of the pundits and talking heads saying that oh MSU is playing with house money. They weren't supposed to do anything. You know, if they lose, we'll be sad, but it doesn't really matter. It's like oh, shut up. Like, okay. seriously? So, I, like, I half agree. I do think, like, I do agree, like, Michigan State's playing with house money. I think they have, they should feel like they really don't have anything to lose. I agree with that. I do not feel 
However, I do not agree that, like, oh, I won't care if State loses this game. Like, I'll be very disappointed if State loses this game. I mean, this is a a marquee game. This is a top-ten matchup at home. Um, And, I mean, if you win this game, like, every game other than Ohio State seems somewhat winnable. I mean... Yeah, Penn State yeah. doesn't Penn really State's have the luster that they have they've had anymore. Yeah. And then they have a legit they do have a legit they do have a legit defense. I give Penn State Penn State's offense has faltered, but they have a top five defense. No, they do. They, and I mean I, I don't think like I don't think Penn State's you know, any any kind of slouch or rollover or anything, but I mean it like it's at this point I don't see any reason, especially when State's the home team in that game, I don't see any reason to pick Penn State over Michigan State right now. No, no, I don't either. I don't either. I mean, it depends how these next couple games go for MSU, but I, I, I completely agree. Um, what I would say, though, and how I would I would challenge that is, is you say you're playing with house money. However, as, as, as far as I've, as, I guess as far as I'm concerned and, and how I've seen this kind of situation play out, you know, and I say, like, oh, we weren't supposed to be that good this year. We're doing so great. It doesn't really, man, you know, it's house money. It's, we're building something. We're going in the right direction. You don't know if you're going to be back here next year or right, the year right. after. Like, next year at this point, you could be four and four. Right. You I could mean, be five. You could be five. You could be four. You could be. It's not even who they're losing. It's just, like, that's just how college goes. Not even football. Just college basketball. I guess I don't know too much about hockey. But mostly football and basketball, the two main college sports, like, like, Michigan fans used to do that with basketball. And it was really annoying. Because, like, next year we would just suck. And it's like, okay, you thought you are building something this year, but then the next year you're, you're garbage. It's like, oh, you acted like it didn't matter last year, but really it did because this year we're a joke right. and nothing matters. Well, there's so it's a like, certain level of continuity in college that you just don't have compared to, compared to professional sports. Yeah, but it's, I don't know. Things change, and it's like, Oh, we're building in the right direction. Well, next year, you know, we could just get, you know, if we lose, it's not a big deal because we're playing with house money. And, you know, it's just like, but it's like these chances only come so often. Right. So it's like, like, yeah, you're seven and oh, you're top 10, you're playing a top 10 matchup. Like the house money is gone. Like, in my opinion, like the house money, you had house money when you're at Miami, when you're playing Nebraska, you know, the past where you're playing Rutgers, Indiana. It's like, who really cares? Like, you, you, you're clearly you're outperforming. You're playing well. If you lose this game, you're still doing better than most people thought you would. You're really improving. But now you're past the point. I feel like you're past the point of house money. Like, you, you cash that in. Now it's time, you know, where the rubber meets the road. Because you don't know it. if you – yeah, you don't know if it's going to happen. Like, that mentality is like kind of a loser's mentality in my opinion. Well, yeah, and it's I don't like, think I don't think that's one that Michigan State is having. No, and I don't think they will either, and that's just like the national heads, but it's like you're, you're like, oh, you're playing with house money. It's like, all right, well, guess what? If you lose and, uh-oh, your coach leaves and you're 2-10 next year, what happened to all that house money? It's okay. like you, you, do, you don't know what's going to happen. Like no, nothing is there's, – there's no certainties, especially in college football. So it's like, you know, Michigan fans is like, oh, I guess this year doesn't matter too much because we'll, we'll, we'll be great when we have JJ. It's like you don't know that. You don't know that. So, I mean, in my you don't opinion, know JJ's coming back next year. He's coming back. He's not going. Like I'm pretty sad. At least my friends who still are in Ann Arbor and a couple of friends who actually, you know, who still for their younger grades that actually work for Michigan as team managers or with the video program, 
like he's all in like he's not going he loves jim harbaugh very much like there's like a weird weirdly strong connection between the two where he's not going anywhere but um i mean you don't even know if he's going to be that good like he's obviously shown flashes but i guess this is just my tirade on this the whole house money michigan state is you know playing with nothing to lose and whatever happens it's okay because they've been progressing it's like you don't know if you're going to be back next year or the year after like no, you can but, uh, you, like you just don't know if you're going to you're going to mess around and at this point next year you're going to be four and three right and your season's kind of going to be dead so it's you i gotta, think you there gotta is take an element with, i think there is an element where they have they have less to lose than michigan does well that's absolutely the case because michigan on the flip side i absolutely believe in high pressure do or die situations which most people obviously do for Michigan. Jim Harbaugh obviously unperformed in his, I guess this is his seventh year, sixth, if you don't really count the COVID disaster. Um, but it, yeah, you, you, you're against Michigan State. I think you're three and three. Uh, two of those games were really bad losses. Actually, no, three. All three of them. All has three of them. He lost, has he lost every game at home to Michigan State? No. Are you sure? No. Yes. My senior year of college, we played Michigan State at home and beat them like forty-four to ten. Oh, that's right. That's right. Antonio's last year, in Michigan, like that. Right. Was, that's right. That, that was, was that was that was the ugly game. But he's that was won, the ugly game. He's he's got a better record at Michigan State than he does at Michigan, right? Yeah. At home, he's one and three, and on the road, he's two and zero. Oh. Huh. Well, that's interesting. And I guess, I mean, you can say what you want about last year, being a home game or not. Like, obviously, they were home. There were no fans. So it was more more comparable to a neutral yeah, site. Yeah, I would say that was more But still site. technically a home game. But, you know, like I, like I was saying, you had the must-punt game, which, you know, you should have won, but you blew it. That's a bad loss. The rain game, tough rain. You still were probably the better team. And you're easily favored, and you kind of dominate. I mean, you dominated in the rain, but you just could, kept throwing kept for throwing some the reason. Ball. Like, yeah, made no which sense. made no sense. And you lost that game. And then, obviously, last year, which is whatever. I'm not even going to talk about that because Joe Milton is just so bad. But <laughs> I mean, you've underperformed against when Michigan State has really not been that great the past couple of years. Um, so well, it's I, see that's I mean, the thing. That's the thing. Like. Michigan State, when they were, like, really good, Michigan wasn't so good, and I never felt, like, I was never worried that Michigan, when they weren't good, was going to beat Michigan State. Yeah, and they yeah. were never even competitive. Like, Michigan State always gets up for Michigan. Regardless yeah. of if they're, a, don't, it doesn't matter what their record is. They will, they will get up for Michigan. So like, oh, yeah. Always. Always. And they like, always I, do. I Mich- think Michigan, I think there's just still that attitude at Michigan that, like, the little brother, we're we're in a push. No, that's that that I don't know what I, the little brother that that died. I mean, I people know, might man. say, I mean, but that that no, that meant I that mentality. Like they care about, like they really do, especially since they Michigan the Ohio State games have been so uncompetitive yeah. the past couple of years. You really feel like this is the rivalry game you can't win. And last year they obviously overlooked them because Michigan State it was everyone thought to be a horrendous team, which they were, they were bad, but Michigan was misjudged because they beat a then ranked Minnesota team on the road, who turned out to be also awful. They were just two awful teams. Actually, they're all Minnesota, Michigan state, and Michigan last year were just all awful. 
everybody was awful, but it's, uh, it's, it's a point, it's to a point where Michigan feels like Michigan state is not necessarily their biggest game this year probably is, but when they play them, it is a very, very important game. And I, I think that little brother mentality is probably gone at this point, but I do agree with you in the past, Michigan state, whereas Michigan doesn't like look down on them, but they don't get up for the game as much as they should. Whereas against Ohio state, not the past couple of years, but before that, and even under Brady Hoke, like they lost because they were outmatched and out talented, but they, they didn't really get blown out. They were like in a lot. Of, I mean, you're, I mean, you probably remember the overtime game where they, they went for two with Devin Gardner. Didn't get it. Lost in that game. I mean, the one Jim Harbaugh game where Michigan was under, were underdogs, but it was a tough row game, two versus three, lost in double overtime. A couple other games where they've lost on fourth quarter touchdowns. You know, so I guess when I was a sophomore in college, we had old Johnny O'Corn starting at quarterback, and Michigan was up 14 nothing and had the lead late in the third quarter and lost towards the end of the game. So Michigan has like gotten up for that Ohio State game and played, obviously not the two years where they got absolutely annihilated, but they've played better than expectations where I guess Michigan State, they just don't do that for some reason. So I don't get it. I just don't understand. But we'll see if they do that this year. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. But you're, you're totally right. I did have a question for you. Yeah, and I was thinking about this. And I don't I, – I couldn't find anything online or Twitter. Where – what happened to that guy, Ricky White, the guy that just, like, went bonkers last year against Michigan, who just totally torched it. He looked like – who everyone was like, you know, he looked like DeAndre Hopkins. And I, is that guy on the team anymore? Like, what happened to him? Uh – I don't know. <laughs> See, he just like disappeared off the face of the earth. I googled him, and the last article was like September, like fifth, saying he wasn't going to play against Northwestern, and now he and then it's just radio silence after that. I mean, he clearly hasn't played in any games. So did he just like get benched? Uh, did he transfer? I don't know. Because I don't know. You remember? You probably remember last year. He was the yeah. guy who uh, went nuts. So the only thing I'm seeing is that. On, let me see when this is dated. Uh, September 1st, Mel yeah, Tucker like confirmed that Ricky White was not currently participating in team activities. Okay, yes. So he must, have, he must have left the team. I mean, he's he's in class, or he was enrolled in classes as of September 1st. Um, I mean, yeah, he's not, it, uh, it seems like he's still enrolled at Michigan state, but he is not currently the team, really? on the, on the roster. Yeah. With the team. That's yeah, weird. I, I didn't even think about that just cause the receivers this year have been so good. I didn't even think about it. They that. have. Yeah. And I just like, I was just yeah, weird. He looked was... really good last year. Yeah. He was like, the, he looked like the, by far the best. He looked incredible against Michigan. Yeah. He, he went off and he, he looked good in their other games too. So I just like was confused on what happened to this guy, Ricky White. I mean, obviously it didn't end up hurting him that much because Speedy Naylor and Gene Reed are very good, but I don't know. That was just, I was just confused. I just didn't know what happened to him. I thought as a Michigan State fan, you might have heard more than I did because I just was thinking about that randomly like no, two days I ago. I completely forgot. I, I was actually him, watching the highlights of last year's game, just like seeing like 
I was like, what the heck even happened in this game? Because it was just like such a weird game. And I was like, they kept getting these like Ricky Wright, Ricky White, Ricky White. I'm like, what the hell happened to this guy? And he's like a freshman too. So I'm like, he did, we didn't go to the NFL. He didn't graduate. So yeah, who knows, man? Know. <laughs> who knows? But we'll, uh, we'll dive into more of the uh, yeah, nuances full, of our preview on preview. Friday. Full yeah. preview, a little more technical talk. That was yeah. just more. That more was just shot. a couple of. We'll be talking more. That was shot. more. Yeah, that was a little more, bit more of a rants and, uh, I guess, personal, you know, you know, personal thoughts on the game. Yeah. And uh, tidbits. Yeah. And facts. Yeah. But, Listen, Michigan State nine and four in the last thirteen Michigan Michigan State games. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's the truth. Interesting little tidbit. And, yeah, but I mean, you would obviously, guys, going back to your question, you would agree that Jim Harbaugh is under more pressure than Mel Tucker. I mean, that's. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know, because it's like, I don't really know that Harbaugh is under that much pressure. Like, I don't really feel like he's coaching for his job. Like, I feel like Michigan fans always give him a pass. Like, it's just... Uh, his luck is going to run, I'll be honest, like... No, Michigan I mean, I, I know with, like, individual, like, I know individual fans who are really tired of his stuff, but, like... I he feel like in that, like well, he got he got his cut, his pay cut in half last year, so um, I think he's definitely on. I think he's definitely on red alert, and yeah. he's he's not he's not safe. But like, you who, know, who are you going to hire? It, like, are you going to bring Brady Hoke back from the undefeated hey, San Antonio State Aztecs? Hey, San Diego State or San Diego? He's got State. those. He's got those Aztecs rolling. Yeah. All right, bring him back. Lost some but weight I, too. Looks good. You know, I wonder he if he's wearing might a headset not, he yet. Might, you know, Hot Dog Man might not have been the best at the X's and O's, but damn it, he could recruit. It was—I don't understand how he was so good at recruiting. Every year, Michigan had like a top five class under Brady Hoke. Listen, and I love Brady Hoke, one of the best coaches in Michigan football history, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, because he was not very good against Michigan. And State. started at my alma mater, Grand Valley State University. Oh, he's a Laker. He's a Laker at heart, just like Brian Laker Kelly. Laker at heart. Oh, yuck. Yeah, we don't oh, really God. claim him. The executioner, yeah, Brady, Brian Kelly. <laughs> yeah, the executioner. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think we both agree Jim Harbaugh's under more pressure. And I do think that if he loses this game, he's going to be getting a lot of heat. And if they get blown up by Ohio State again, uh, his 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 coaching seat could be red hot. And there could uh, there could be heads rolling because he's he's already gone through all of his, uh, you know, all of his, he's already fired all of his coordinators. So at the end of the day, there's only you know you can only fire so many people before it, it turns out it's it's a you problem. Right. So but, we'll see though. Time will tell. You know, it's yeah. it'll all it'll all work itself out on Saturday. But we'll dive more into that yeah. on our Friday preview. And I think we should hop into a recap of the Lions game, which our was seven Lions. Our own seven Lions, which I do. We have to. I guess we do give them a little credit. It was a lot closer than we thought it would be. Oh yeah. So they, I mean, they gave it their all. There's no doubt about it. They, uh, they fought and clawed. And at the end of the day, Jared Goff is going to do Jared Goff things. And he threw well, that terrible interception. It but just seemed weird. It seemed like, like the one guy who I thought would show up for the game was Jared Goff. And he was like the only guy that didn't. He, he wasn't that bad. He, he, I mean, he, he missed some great. easy throws. That throw to DeAndre Swift. Um, oh, that would have been an easy touchdown. That would have been an easy yeah. touchdown. Even Mark Sanchez said it. Like, like, how do you miss that throw? Like, it was yeah, such a bad throw. They were, I think, they were down two at that 
they were down one. They were down one at that point. Yeah, it was seventeen. They, they could have. Yeah, they go for and, and if they could, they get the two point. Yeah, they could have been up. They yeah, could have been up I mean it was five a or seven horrible, points. horrible throw. And I mean that pretty much, that like that that right there. I mean, and then they, and then they get the Rams get the ball back and they just drive right down the field, take score a touchdown, and then that was pretty much the game. Because, I I have a yeah 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 yeah. It, no, was no, no. Just, it was it was ridiculous. It was just it was crazy to me that the one guy you thought would show up was just the one guy who kind of blew it. Um, I mean, Dan yeah. Campbell, give, you got to give the guy credit. He he pulled out all the stops for that game. Oh my yeah, he was pulling onside it. kick, was, fake punt, yeah. another fake two punt. fake punts. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the guy give it give him credit. He he went down swinging. Um, yeah, I I gained a lot of respect for him. Um, obviously, the the players clearly love playing for him too. Yeah, I and I mean that's that. the way to coach. You like you know you have no chance to win that game. Why not get? Why not like try everything you can? Yeah, and it it worked. I mean, the onside kick was beautifully placed. I would say that Jack Fox is the Lions' best weapon currently. Hmm. Um, <laughs> he threw a nice ball. He yeah, threw a he nice did. ball. And then and that was. I, I have a lot of respect for Dan Campbell after that game. I think he got those boys ready to play. I mean, they were the talent discrepancy was massive. Oh, it's humongous! Yeah, it was massive. I mean, I don't think I think the Rams are probably one of the most just talent based, probably one of the most talented teams in the NFL. I mean, the Cardinals are up there. The Buccaneers are also up there. Um, the Chiefs, even though they suck. You know, there's there's some teams who have a lot of really talented people, but uh, he just he just got them ready to play, and the the talent discrepancy was bad, but they didn't look outmatched at any point in the game, like they were in it to the bitter end. I mean, they were leading going into the fourth quarter. Yes, they were. They were, and they there was like five minutes left in the game, and they had second and ten at the LA Rams twelve. Yeah, I mean they were they were in that game. They, like, if Jared Goff yeah. makes one or two more passes, like that game gets pretty flipped on its head. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and then if they go for two, they they're up nine points. If they go for two and get it, I mean they're they're up nine points. They're up seven. They're up twenty five. Oh wait, they, no, they were winning. Yeah, so they'd be up twenty five sixteen. And I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're. You're you're no 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 that no the DeAndre Swift they were down seventeen sixteen oh okay 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 so, so you wouldn't still. go for two you just no I would go for two. oh no you would go for two go. yeah 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 you're down you're down one you go for two to go up seven yeah 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 absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. you absolutely go up but two. yeah then you're up seven I mean you know you're up seven that's you know, that's putting a lot of pressure on the opposing offense um, yeah and I mean the Rams once they started letting Stafford chuck the ball around. Uh, the Lions had a tough time stopping them. Yeah, I mean, another huge game for Cooper Cup. And that guy just seems unstoppable at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah, drafting most... him in drafting him in the uh, in the fourth round in one of my leagues was a uh, was a season changer. Oh, a season I'm sure. changer for sure. That is that is why my team is seven and zero currently. Oh, because man. of in a twelve team league, that is why my team is seven and zero because of mostly because Cooper Cup score and half PPR scores about twenty eight points a game. Um, yeah, monster. I, did, I guess I'm the, I did. I did draft Miles Sanders over DeAndre Swift, though. So you know what? Oof. Can't win them all. <laughs> Oof, indeed. Oof, indeed, sir. But you know you can't win them all, and uh, 
I'll, I'll take Cooper Cup gladly over DeAndre Swift. Yeah, um, but, even though I will say DeAndre's, I mean, that's obviously for fantasy purpose, purposes, but DeAndre Swift looked electric. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's really, I mean, and he's really holding up better than I thought he would. You know, he's, I mean, he's usually, he's it seems like, yeah. it seems like he's questionable every single week, but yeah. I mean, the guy seems healthy every game. I mean, doesn't ever yeah, really seem I mean, like he's hindered by anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it must be, it's probably hard to get hurt when you break every tackle. Oh um, yeah. True. It's ridiculous. I mean, that 60 yard touchdown run was crazy that like, it was like second, third, second or yeah. third and 19 and he gets the first down. Oh yeah. And, that handoff. I mean, he's 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 really fast. He's elusive. He's a great pass catching back. I mean, I think you got to keep him around. I, I, you just don't know when you're going to get talented players like that again, especially when you're the Lions. And yeah. I was really impressed. He was pretty much the whole offense. Wide receiver one, right there. Seriously, and I will also give a shout out to Khalif Raymond as the only receiver, actual wide receiver on the team, who caught more than one pass. And he went for like five and over a hundred yards, like five catches for over a hundred yards. He looked, he looked good too. He made some tough catches, he's, really, he's really tough looking, catches. He's starting to play a little better. He's starting to look like a NFL wide receiver. He looks, and he's fast too. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's probably he's a number three on a good speed. team. But I mean, he's he's yeah. an NFL wide receiver. Not not yeah, he's not a guy I'm looking for them to cut anytime soon. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, he plays really hard. And that's really what I'm looking for. These, the, honestly, the rest of the year with the Lions, is a lot of these guys. A lot of these guys are fringe NFL roster players on a good team. A lot of these guys are probably practice squad guys. So, which guy is going to step up to the plate and take advantage of this opportunity that they've been given? Right. And and show that they are an NFL, a productive NFL player. Like Khalif Raymond has shown over the past. I mean, he had a bad he had a bad game a couple weeks ago, but over the past. I guess three, four weeks. Khalif Raymond has, for the most part, better than most people expected him to, and he's got stupid Jared Goff throwing him the ball. Hmm. So I don't know. I, I obviously this team is deprived of talent, but they really fight hard. And I think my overall thoughts on Sunday was, was a very encouraging game, where I was very pleased with the coaching staff. But I do wish they would have taken that fourth down where they got stuffed with DeAndre Swift. I'm fine with them going for it, but I wish they would have just slowed down. A they little did bit. another. They did it again. They did the no huddle again. Yeah, it's like why? Like you just ran the same play and it didn't work. So why is it going to work now? And also, you have Jamal Williams, who DeAndre Swift is superior then, but he's a big short yardage goal line back. That's why you signed him. So why are you not bringing him in? I have a lot more confidence in him pushing through a defensive tackle and gaining that extra half yard than I do DeAndre Swift, who's more of a scat, you know, elusive back. So well, or like, that was just... I don't... I would... Honestly, I would like to see them do something, like, on fourth down, bringing a formation where, like, Jamal Williams is the up back and then J- J- DeAndre Swift is behind him. And then you can either fake... You can either hand off to Jamal or you can pitch outside to Swift. And then, then those teams don't get to stack the box like that, that they like the Rams were doing on that fourth down. I mean, there was like their whole their whole defense was on the line there. Yeah. Knowing the Lions, they would probably mess that up, and they would probably fumble the exchange. I mean, um, it's not an option, though. Like, you, you have it designed. Of, you have it made up in your head who you're Yeah, I mean, that's to. true. 
So it's not like that's it's true, not like an but... option where you run the risk of a fumble like that. Like if golf's under center and you have yeah. them two lined and you have them lined up both in the backfield. Yeah, no. No, I think you're spot on. Uh, you're definitely spot on, so the old fullback fake halfback flip. Yeah, no, that's the truth. That's the truth. But overall I, I, I think there were a lot of positives out of this game. I predicted a very big blowout. I know you predicted a pretty size, you know, pretty sizable win for the Rams as well. We both kind of thought the Rams were going to cover, which, I mean, spread was sixteen and a half at kickoff, and they won by nine. But yeah, that it nine is like... not really indicative. That nine was not indicative of how close the game was. Right. Well, and I, it felt like Rams covering was pretty much out the door pretty quickly. I mean, the Lions were up thirteen three. Obviously, started the game ten nothing. Then we're up thirteen three. Dan Campbell was just showing he was willing to put his nuts on the table, and if he's gonna if he's gonna lose, he's gonna go down swinging, and he's not gonna just roll over and die. He's gonna pull all the tricks out of the bag, and <laughs> at least show that they're gonna put up a fight, and they're not just gonna they're not just gonna be outclassed, which yeah. they have been in a few games. But I think it was very encouraging from him and the staff. Overall, like we've talked about, this team has very little talent, and all we're really wanting to see out of them is show some fight, show some heart, you know, get get some of the younger, more written, you know, the other guys who have been written off, get them to play hard, maybe find some of their hidden potential, maybe find you know a diamond in the rough here, here or there. But overall, I think this was a a game where. Uh, if there's if there was ever a moral victory, this was probably it. Yeah, and I mean, it was nice to see after what you saw against the Bengals, but yeah, you know, the Bengals. I mean, they they just they they went the next game. They beat the the Ravens, yeah, the Ravens by, by twenty four. Yeah, I mean, by more than yeah, that. Beat, by more, they beat the Ravens by more than the Lions. So maybe nah, the Lions. They, beat the, they, they beat the Lions by like twenty seven. No, it was 34-11. That's a 23-point oh. win. Oh, I thought they beat him 38-11. But, no. yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. So you're maybe right. the Lions really are better than the Ravens. I think they are. I mean, they should have beaten them. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, overall, I mean, the Lions have done this a couple times here where they've shown a lot of fight, played hard, and just come up short in the end, which is, you know, also, you know, it's a very Lions, Lion-esque thing to do, but also when you have a team with this little talent, um, it's not really too surprising that the, that's been the outcome of these games. Um, so, well, I guess we'll see. I think they have two chances to win this year. One's one probably this week. Yes, one is this week, Eagles, and the other is Bears uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, Bears, oh my God. The Bears are... An atrocity, but I mean, do you have any uh, closing thoughts on the lines? Uh, no closing thoughts. Um, just kind of, just kind of hoping they hoping they don't beat the Eagles or the Bears. You want to go on seventeen? Oh yeah, I want them to go zero and seventeen. I want them to get cave on, and I want they them to really start this start this uh, start this rebuild off right by getting the absolute yeah. best edge rusher that we've seen in a a long yeah. long time. Kayvon is insane, but I don't have any closing thoughts either. I'm proud of Dan Campbell for uh, for going out there and, and and giving it his all and putting his nuts on the table. Love DeAndre Swift. Khalif Raymond, great job. Alex Anzalone, you played well. Jared Goff, you suck. Can't wait till you're gone. Um, but, yeah, that's about it for me. Any Anything else, Jack? Are we, uh, 
are we good to uh, to send it off? Think we're good. All right. Well, thanks but again to the listeners. Producers are telling me. Producers are telling me we're all. Producer cut off. Yeah, producers are telling us that we're getting. We're getting we're, the. Yeah, we're up we're against the, it. Yeah, we're up against it. We're up against it with the producers. They're yelling at us. Got to tell them to chill out. All right, chill out. Yep. But uh, thanks again to the listeners, and uh, we will see you in a couple days. Or send out a new pod in a couple days with our preview of the big game. Yep. All right. Goodbye.